Ma, ma, ma. Eh, no, don't, don't start with an A. <clears throat> Hello, and welcome back to the Lack of Depth football podcast. I am your host and saviour, leader and legend, Kyle Began, and today I am going to launch our hopefully weekly campaign of the 2022-2023 season with a prediction on how that season will finish. I'm going to talk you through my table. I'm going to build, I might build out from the middle. I might start from the top. I've not really decided yet. I've got a few strong ideas about the top and the bottom of the table, but for view retention reasons and the fact that no one ever likes our videos. <laughs> oh, it sounds so bad. And the fact that no one ever likes, no one ever likes our videos. Uh, although our most recent one did get like 70 views. So moving up in the world, that is 70 views over eight months, but swings and roundabouts, we're back now. I'm gonna be talking through my views on the quality of every team as defined by the quality of the playing players, uh, the quality of the coaching of every team, which I will reduce to purely being uh, the managerial prowess of each Premier League manager. And then ultimately answering the question, are they better or worse than last year? I think the only kind of stipulation or added bit of info that I have to add to that is the fact that I'm definitely someone who subscribes to the idea that the, the league and the tactics within the league and the performances across the league get better every year. And so if you do not improve, you're going backwards. If you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. So uh, I guess a, an example of a team that I say, no, I would say who's who's stayed the same. Leicester haven't signed a single player, so I would say that that's moves them down. Even though the players that they've let leave haven't necessarily been like Telemans hasn't left yet, and so no important players have left. But um, uh, one sec, let me put my phone on do another. So yeah, even though in some teams no important players have left, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're getting better or even staying in the same place as, you know what I mean, we have teams like Wolves spending 50 million on players and stuff like that. Everton, who were at the bottom of the league last year, surely they have to do better. Well, I think they do better. Stick around and find out. Now, I think it's interesting. I think it's obvious to start at the top. I think everyone's going to predict Man City to finish first. So to talk on the quality of the team, Man City let Zinchenko, who I believe started a handful of games last season, Jesus, who was good last season, but they still won't let play like a nine, and Raheem Sterling go. Are any of them going to hurt them when they've got Haaland, Julian Alvarez, Ortega? Is there someone else they've signed that I'm missing? Haaland, Alvarez, and Ortega. I saw an interesting thing the other week about Ortega is the best backup keeper Man City have had in years. And so there's an obvious kind of depth that they've had, that they've gotten there that they didn't used to have. But I'm not sure that that was ever really an issue. Uh, I've obviously predicted Man City to finish first because 
I think Liverpool were excellent last season and Man City still won, albeit they did only win by one point. But I don't think anyone ever doubted that they would win. And I think by adding Haaland, I just don't see, I don't see how that can be perceived as a step backwards. I think if they don't get Kukurea, they are kind of lightweight. But I would expect now that Zinchenko's gone, they do bring in Kukurea and they play with more width and aim to kind of revert back to a more traditional or Klopp-esque wing-back style where the wing-backs are very much overlapping and looking to feed what is a, a, a fundamentally a predator of a striker. I also I, I did a few videos on management last year and in every single video where I spoke about Pep, I referred to him as the best ever manager. And I said that he's got Klopp's number and all of these things that aged really badly because as soon as I put that video out, Klopp beat him in the final. But no, it was the semi-final of the FA Cup, actually. But yeah, I think the quality of the coaching is the best in the league. The quality of the team is the best in the league. Haaland is <laughs> way better than... Havertz than Nunez, forgot his name for a second. And so when you're comparing kind of an apples to apples comparison of each position, City were already way better than Liverpool. Not way better, but they already had the margin in Liverpool in the league last season. And so I, I, I'm not sure if I necessarily expect that margin to grow just on City's behalf, but I'll, I'll, I'll give first place to City. To move on to Liverpool, the quality of the team, I think, has gotten worse. I do still think they'll finish second because of the near 20-point margin between second and third last season. 100 million for Darwin Nunes is too much. I think he's a good player. I think I think I don't think he'll be able to fill Nani's Manny's boots right away. He's obviously young. And so it's a good signing for that reason. But also, he will be eternally compared to Haaland because he was bought at the same time. He'll be eternally compared to Manny. Uh, the team's going to have to do quite a large tactical evolution this season. Albeit they did kind of already start it at the end of last season, moving Hanny, Manny into the nine slot that Nunes was eventually going to play. They, could, they obviously forecasted this transition. It wasn't just an overnight decision to sell Manny. But, all of that will weigh heavily on what is a young and already being lambasted as Lukaku-esque, clumsy striker. And so I think 100 million is a really risky decision. And I, I, I don't think they're better than last season. I think if they've let anyone else go, Obviously, they've signed Calvin Ramsey as a backup right back. I wasn't expecting Carvalho and Ramsey to stay at the club. I thought they'd be sent out on loan. So I do think it's interesting that they're involved. I think it, you might see them play more of a 4-2-3-1 style with Firmino and Carvalho and Harvey Elliott is playing in kind of 10 spaces. I think that could be an interesting evolution for them just in terms of creating more consistent chances now that they've got a nine and not a false nine and they want to play through that rather than kind of overlapping around that kind of null um, nine space. 
I'll talk to that talk about that a bit more when we get to Arsenal. But yeah, I would say I, my prediction for Liverpool, this hasn't been short and punchy at all, but my prediction for Liverpool is that they're going backwards and City are going forwards. That's my prediction. Chelsea. So Chelsea finished third last year. I predicted them to finish fourth this year. Which I, I might take back. But I think it's really boring if I just predict for them to finish third again. Here are my ideas around Tottenham and Chelsea. Before Chelsea signed Koulibaly, they had got a lot worse. Especially at the back, they got a lot worse. Their midfield started to kind of... Their midfield ultimately had, midfield had, ultimately had a, quite a poor last season. Um, their only break spots were Reese James... Ben Chilwell, Ben Chilwell's coming back from quite a serious injury. I think he'll hit the ground running, but even still, I think Sterling's a great signing for them. They're still without a nine, though. Do you know what I mean? There's all these kind of F-bots and maybes. And near the end of last season, Tottenham looked absolutely defensively resolute. They were incredibly hard to beat. They knew who they were. And they've signed Richarlison, which is a great depth signing. They've signed Perisic, who's a winner. It was in the Serie A team of the year last season. They've signed Jed Spence, who I love. I think he's a fantastic player, and I do think he'll get into their first team. I think he offers a lot going forward, and I just I think that's a winning signing. I think Jed Spence is a win back as a wing back is a sign of a team that doesn't plan on being on the back foot very often, and I think he'll play very well against. Uh, lower level clubs which I've talked a lot in this podcast like those are the games you have to win it's more significant to consistently beat the small teams which I think Conte will be better at than Tushu so yeah with that in mind and with a, a few other factors in mind the fact that I think Conte is a better coach I think Tushu looks kind of out of ideas obviously all of the changes going on at Chelsea like say they bring Koulibaly they did bring Koulibaly in but say they bring in Koundé as well they're obviously both great signings but that and bringing in Sterling who again I think will hit the ground running I think you'll have a good season plus the fact that they may have to tactically evolve if they want to get closer to City and Liverpool I'm not sure if they're having all those centre-backs especially now that you don't have a centre-back who was kind of the most progressive centre-back in the world and Rudiger now that he's gone it would look even flatter should they go without it? And they just, they looked kind of out of ideas at the end of last season. And so Tuchel does need to kind of scratch his head quite a lot. And so although I would say that Chelsea's team is probably slightly better than Tottenham's with the new signings, I think, I just, I think Tottenham have more momentum this season. And their team's together and they know what they want to do and they all understand their roles and they're always talking about a buzz about the team. And at the end of last season, Kane and Son looked back to their best. And so I'm going to predict Tottenham to finish third and Chelsea to finish fourth. Now, I don't know if you find that interesting, but what you will find interesting, <laughs> I think Manuel finished above Arsenal. I think Manuel finished above Arsenal. Here's why. 
Manu had arguably, inarguably, I think, to a lot of people, the worst season they've ever had last season. And they finished sixth. And Arsenal had the most exciting season they've had in a long time without European football and finished fifth. And so just looking at that, taking that in, and looking at how much I believe Man United will improve this season, and although I think Arsenal will improve, I don't know if I think that it will be marginal. I don't know what I think. Arsenal went in a run of form last season that was completely unsustainable for them. And then ultimately crashed. This season, they'll have European football. They have made some good acquisitions. But I don't know if they're a completely new side. And I think it will take a, a little while to kind of completely iron that out. I don't... Gabriel Jesus is good, but he's, he's not Ronaldo. I think Gabriel Jesus is a great signing. I think Zinchenko is a great signing. I'm kind of talking myself in circles here. But, like, does this, make, does this make sense? Worst season ever finished sick. Come in, clear ideas. I like Ten Hag style. I think it will work in the Premier League. I like the high line. I like the formational dexterity. I think it's the future of football. That said, the Arsenal squad was thin and light, and that was the issue, and that was the only reason why they didn't get Champions League football last season. But Tottenham have improved exponentially more than Arsenal, and so I don't think they have any chance of top four next season, despite getting better. It's just about whether they finish fifth or sixth and I do think it's tight but I think ultimately it'll come down to experience coaching and character and I don't think e either of those teams have winning characters but it feels very like Arsenal to get this far and then still run out of steam. Whereas I think Manchester United have hit such a pit that they can kind of only go up from here. And so I think the momentum's more on Manchester United's side than with Arsenal's. I also think some of their young players like Ramsdale, like, which I think Ben White grew into it last season, but like Ramsdale, like Smith Rowe, who couldn't even get in the team at the end of last season and hasn't had the best preseason so far, I think they kind of fell off at the end of last season. Fabio Vieira is a weird signing as well. They've signed someone else, I can't remember. Nah, it'll come to me. But yeah, so just to make a note of it so far, my top four is Man City finished first. Liverpool finish second again. And the other thing I thought I think it's important to note on Liverpool last season is that they could not have possibly played more games. And so I do see them coming into the season a bit more leggy than 
a Tottenham or an Arsenal. I don't think that that will change anything, but it's, it's worth saying people like to hear things on the podcast. Oh, it's also important for fantasy football. I don't see Salah starting very with, with goals, 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 but I think, you know, players like Jesus, like Haaland, like Kane, like Son, like even Sterling, although that's a bit different. I think they'll come and hit the ground running and they all have amazing fixtures. So I think... I'm certainly thinking about uh, including at least uh, in Sky Fantasy, you can have two teams. So at least in one of my teams, going no Salah, because I think there's huge points to be had there. You also have to pay a lot for defenders and that stuff. So yeah. Uh, Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham. No, I've got Man City, Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea as my top four getting Champions League football. Uh, I also think Tottenham will do quite well in Europe. I just think Conte's good, a, a winning manager, and he was because of the kind of defensively resolute counter-attacking style that they play. We've saw Ancelotti just win the, he's going to say the World Cup, win the Champions League with that style, and so there's no reason that Tottenham couldn't, apart from the fact that they're like historic losers, but could be different this year. So I've gone Tottenham third, Chelsea fourth, Man United fifth because their worst season ever was sixth, so surely this one will be better. And Arsenal sixth, because their best season ever was fifth. So, like, if you reverse the logic background, surely I'm right on this one. Surely Man United finish above Arsenal. But everyone else is like, how could Man United finish above Arsenal when Arsenal had so much to believe in last season and Man United had so, so, so little to believe in last season? But also, I've been talking about this one, these two teams, for a very long time. And so I'm going to try and skate through a few quite quickly. So Arsenal are sixth. And then, so are those the two Europa League teams? And then seventh is Conference League, where West Ham finished. Surely. Okay. Man United, Arsenal. So, so far, we're in line. Then I've gone Newcastle. So I've put Newcastle above teams like West Ham, Leicester, Palace, Brighton, because I think I think Leicester are in real trouble. West Ham, putting Newcastle above West Ham, Newcastle don't have European football, are incredibly defensively resolute, started to be played against, like other teams were playing against them, like they were one of the best teams in the league last year. And I I think they're right. I think Newcastle are in that transition to really pushing for the top places. And so I think they could get Euro Conference League next season. It just looked too good. I just love Eddie Howe's really low line, the way that he kind of creates space for his midfield to defend rather than kind of inviting it all onto the back line, kind of protecting slower defenders and using their height and getting balls away and stuff like this. I just think it's about obviously it's a bit old school, but they also then have really interesting transitional play where you're playing this kind of target man centre midfielder who's to tap it, shove it a bit further on to another target man to play it through to a winger on the other side. I just I love watching them play, and I think Eddie Howe's got it worked out, and I think they could finish seventh. I don't, I don't see West Ham doing as well as they did last season. And last season, season they finished seventh. 
Uh, so I'm going to put them eighth. That's my say, thing. And if they do sign Broja, I don't know if they have signed Broja. My prediction is that that's a flop. Obviously, Antonio's injury record. I'm not sure if Bowen can carry as much weight as he did last season. Um, I think if, you know I mean, scouts thought that, it, I think if scouts thought that it wasn't a fluke, then someone would have snapped him up. So I've gone Newcastle, and then my eighth is West Ham. Just because I don't, you know what I mean? If you don't, if you don't think they're going to do better, then they will do slightly worse just because of the nature of the game evolving. Ninth, I think this is really kind. But I thought they looked fucking awful last season and they finished eighth. And so, you know what I mean? Fofana back, Justin back, maybe Leicester finish. <laughs> Still worse than last season, but not terrible. So we've gotten Leicester City ninth. That's my logic. And I, I like that I was concise with that because this is going to end up being like an eight-hour podcast. And then my 10th, I have Palace because Palace finished 12th last season. And although you're thinking, whoa, like 12th isn't the best, fair. You know what I mean? 12th isn't the best. Connor Gallagher's gone. Maybe they finish worse. But counterpoint, defensively, looked great last season. They've signed... Uh, Champions League but maybe a Europa League quality DM who can really break up play so they're only going to get defensively better Conor Gallagher fell off complete fell off a cliff in the second half of the season in terms of his uh, output all over the pitch although still quite a good ball progressor and was breaking up play and stuff but you know what I mean that he became much more replaceable than he was in terms of his output in the first half of the season and in terms of replacing that output Eze and Elise have another year under their belt and especially in the first half of last season you were kind of you couldn't watch five minutes of Palace football with Elise on the pitch especially when it was coming off the bench and not see that that was a really inspiring sign and so them having another year under their belt I think will help kind of take on that attacking burden and I think Mateta and Edward are great signings and I think they'll get then goes each, and I think they'll do better. And I think they'll just be solid and hard to play and annoying. And I think they'll beat City again and they'll walk off all frustrated and Pep will be like, this is it's just like this. So, yeah, that's my prediction, is Palace to finish 10. So that's my top 10. And I'm probably going to do this. I'll edit in an outro, probably. Um, because how much team, how many teams can you do in one video? Do you know what I'm saying? I'm now going to do the second half of the team and you like, you may get it now, you may get it later. Right, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. That's our relegation fodder at the bottom there. So 11th, I've got Brighton. Brighton finished eighth last season. It ended the season well. Brighton finished ninth last season. <laughs> they ended the season well. I've got them predicted to drop two places. I think Brighton are going to stay around the middle of the mid-table for a long time. 
I'm not sure if Vindav will hit the ground running. I want him to. But knowing Brighton, I think they'll stay about the same level. And I do think the teams that finished under them, like Newcastle, like Palace, like Villa, have improved. And so it's one of these things where I think they're about as good as they were last season. And uh, that means that they're now 11th instead of 9th because the league moves on. So 11th, we've got Brighton. 12th. Oh, this is hard. Twelve, we have Wolves. We finished 10th last season. But again, I don't think they've signed a single player. No, they've signed Nathan Collins. That's not going to transform them. Um, I like it. I think it was like 20 or 30 million, which is a lot for a Burnley defender who was literally just relegated. If you can get Tarkovsky for free, perhaps would have gone for that. But Nathan Collins is younger. You'll get a feedback for them. I understand the business of football. I'm very smart. But have they improved? No. Do they still have the same attacking words? Yes. Is Neto being alive again? Good. Yes. Is it's the guy with his broken skull? Is Jimenez the same player as he was pre-injury? Maybe not. But we'll see. Just so you know that the, the form that they had at the end of last season, it was loss, draw, loss, draw, loss. So they could have finished a bit higher. But instead, they're finishing 12th next year. So that's Wolves. This one, I think, could be controversial. 13th, I've got Aston Villa. They have signed Diego Carlos, Bubakar Kamara, who I think is a great signing. So it's weird that I'm saying that they'll be shit. Matty Cash had a fantastic season last year. Have they signed anyone else? And I'm just forgetting their name. No, I think that's everyone that they've signed, but those two signings are amazing and will immediately hit the ground running and so they will be a lot harder to play against. Tyrone Mings was bad last year. And he's been replaced by a defender who's much better. Not necessarily progressive or more progressive because we all know on his day Tyrone Mings can pass to someone kind of, as long as they're close by and that he's not feeling particularly nervous. But Feels harsh. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not inspired. I like the appointment. I don't think they're better. They are better. But they also, they finished 14th last year. And so I, I've just said that they're going to finish 13th next year. And so I don't think they'll be chuffed that with the amount of money that they're spending. But again, it also comes down to coaching. And I think. Steven Gerrard's narrow attacking systems haven't effectively enough overlapped in the wings. They're not playing those overlaps slickly and slickly enough and confidently enough to kind of see the fruits of having so many players in the middle. It also looks very convoluted and in the way and stagnant when they have all their creative players playing together. There's no one for John McGinn to play switch balls to a team with no wingers doesn't really get the best out of Leon Bailey and 
Ings and Watkins kind of struggle to play together. And so all of those attacking issues, for me, you have to score goals to beat people. Just getting all these nil-nil draws will never pay off. And so that's why I think Villa will finish 13th and not significantly higher, despite improving a lot in the defensive third. That's quite well worded. 14th, we have Everton. Um, Everton obviously signed Tarkovsky, and so they now have a level of defence. But they're not really willing to play Nathan Patterson, who I think could improve them a little bit. They're still playing Seamus Coleman. He's still their captain. Frank loves them. Seems messy. I don't love the midfield. I think losing Richarlison is a huge loss. I'm not sure if they have money to spend. They've still got Calvert-Lewin up top, which doesn't fill me with joy because when he came back last season, he looked like a completely different shell of himself player. And so unless Calvert-Lewin comes back with kind of new socks and shoes on, I do love Anthony Gordon. And I think whatever situation about Anthony Gordon, I think he would have been amazing for Burnley last season because it's just great of his teeth stuff. He's just great. Great at carrying the ball, moving past people, creating something out of nothing, creating something for himself, creating something for someone else. And I think kind of maturity and the more he starts to see himself at this level of football, the more he'll just, more his kind of confidence will grow and grow in the final third. And you'll see him take on more shots and take on more. And I think it's just his numbers will increase. I think he'll create more for other people because he'll have the confidence to believe that he can get into a difficult position and play that pass. And then you'll go and do it. He's also like, what, 11? And Frank Lampard, of all people, is selecting him to be their set piece taker. Like, that says a lot about Anthony Gordon's delivery. So, yeah, I like, I like a lot of the stuff that they're doing. I think next season, if you look at their team, they are worse than every single team that I've mentioned. And I think coaching-wise, I don't think you can necessarily say that they're better than any of the teams that I just mentioned. So they also kind of stayed up through kind of fluky means. So unless they get a lot better, I do think they should predict to be down near the bottom of the table. 15th. Last season, it was Southampton. This season, I've got Forest, the first of our promoted teams. This is, I'm going to have to fight for my life on this one. Why do I have Forest finishing above all of these people? First, the manager. I think coaching is really important. I think he understands what the job is. I think the signing of Awani paints like a full picture of the fact that he completely understands what the task is when you are a promoted team. And although they played beautiful football last season, they completely understand the value of having a battering ram at the top. And not only have they kept their battering ram, they've got rid of theirs and gotten a better one. And so I think that will be valuable. I think they'll get through by playing the football that you need to play in order to get through. And if you consider Nottingham Forest's huge counter-attacking striker against, do you know what I mean, a, a kind of slight back to of Lisandro Martinez and uh, Varane, then, you know, we could probably win a header or two. Hopefully, they invest in set pieces the way Brentford did last year, and I think they'll play like Brentford did last year. Brentford finished 13th. They could have finished higher, and I see that being Forest this season. I think Forrest is this season's Brentford. Who, of course, 
to repeat the kind of mirror images, uh, Brentford finished below Norwich in the league last season and Norwich went down and Brentford didn't. And so I think that that's a good mirror image of the fact that if you approach the Premier League the right way, rather than try and play the football that you managed to get promoted with, because Norwich tried to play a similar way that they played when they were dominating games and they were never going to dominate games. Whereas Brentford came in with fresh ideas. And although it was kind of ugly to watch, it worked out. I'll get to Brentford in a second because just because I liked what they did last season doesn't mean I like where it's going. Um, 16th, I've got Southampton. Um, I like the Aribo signing. I'm not sure if it makes them much better. They still have a huge issue at striker. Defensively, it's not amazing. They'll still score a few free kicks. And so I just think they haven't improved. And so I predict them to finish 16th and they finished 15th last year. And I think that's completely fair and justified. Now for 17th, I do like their coach though, but their coach has proven that he likes losing 9-0. And so that's never a good like fundamental basis to do you know I mean? build confidence off of. So uh, yeah. 17th, so my last team escaping relegation is Fulham. Fulham were way too good for the championship, but they can also play direct football. And so I think, you know, a little bit of push, a little bit of pull. I also like their signings. This is what I meant to say about Forrest as well. The Nico Williams signing, I think, so this is before Nico Williams even went out on loan. When he played in Trent's spot last season, I was like, that's a fucking player. That is, Nico Williams is without a doubt a Premier League quality player. I'm saying it now. I might look stupid at the end of the season. I definitely won't. Nico Williams is without a doubt a Premier League quality player. And so signing him is phenomenal. Like, I think that's an excellent signing. They have also things on I'm forgetting and Awani, which is just, you know what I mean? Swingies and roundabouts. Fulham have signed Paulinho, who I think is an amazing signing. I, he is a Champions League quality player, not just a Premier League quality player. He can break up play. He's got stature. He's composed in the ball. He's press-proof. He's everything you want from a CDM. And he can he's just intelligent. He can just read play. And so it will just be annoying for teams to play against him. And with that and Mitrovic up top, who I do think will manage to put the ball in the net a few times, I don't think they'll score as many goals as for it. I'm not sure if their back line is as good as Forrest's. Um, so, yeah, I've got them to stay up, but I think it will be more narrow than Forrest because I'm not sure that their coaching's on the same level. I also think team it's more dangerous with teams who played, who were absolutely dominant in the championship. It's a bit dangerous. The way that they were dominant is a bit dangerous because a lot of times they come up and try and play the same way because they believe we were so much better than the championship. Surely we fit somewhere in the Premier League and they just don't. However, I think Forrest will work it out. And then my bottom three, so to go down for relegation, I've got Brentford. Now, I like Brentford's signings. I don't know if they've signed Hickey yet, but they also signed that boy in like a 12-year contract, which sounds like it will end. And it's good for the t- good for the club. 
I'm not sure about the rights of the player if he has to get relegated three times and still is with them for another three years. Brentford are going down because without Christian Eriksen, they're not a Premier League side. I'm not even sure if they were a Premier League side last season. They just approached it the right way. Managed to squeeze out enough from Ivan Tony and Christian Eriksen together. But without that, they'd be in a dangerous, dangerous spot. Could easily have been a relegation battle. I think now that they're a known commodity and people know what they're going to try and do and they know the nature of the football that they're going to try and play, I think the quality of the team is going to catch up with them. I'm not sure if they are necessarily a Premier League club and that I don't think this dream can last forever where you're just like their, their income is just not very much and they've got to try and compete with teams that are spending a lot of money like Fulham who have spent uh, a lot of money last season and this season to stay in the division like they've spent almost well to be fair almost 20 million in Jalpalina is an amazing sign so I think that'll be fantastic for them and I just I look at the teams and I think it's fine margins which team is better Fulham or Brentford I think Fulham have more momentum and you always see teams in their second seasons completely stagnate you always see it and so it's just I'm just not sure that this team can get through the second season syndrome. I think they'll really, really struggle. And so I've predicted Brentford to go down. 19th, I've got Leeds. Uh, they'll concede way too many goals. They'll concede way, 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 way too many goals. They've lost their two best players. They've not replaced the CDM as far as I know. I like the Aronson and Sinistera picks. I think that could work. But given that they're replacing your two best players, Bamford, you have to hope he hits the ground running. I'm not sure if he's the same player. All of these things together paint a picture of a team that if they don't score a phenomenal amount of goals, they will definitely be conceding quite a few. So I've put Leeds down as a team that I think were kind of lucky to not go down last season, especially at the end of the season when you saw how they played against Arsenal and teams like that. They just looked crap. And so I'm hoping that they can do a lot with it. But kind of to touch on them and, and, and Chelsea and I think another team that have brought in a ton of players. Villa, I guess. If you bring in a lot of very key players at the same time and lose a lot of very key players at the same time and you only have a few seconds to stick it all together and have a manager who isn't particularly experienced at this level, I do think it's a bit of a recipe for disaster, especially when where how they really need to cheer up is they need to understand each other, come up with the defensive systems and really believe in them. And so I'm just not sure. So Leeds second, bottom. And then my worst team, Bournemouth. What can I say about Bournemouth? Let me just make sure their manager is still Scott Parker because that's who I believe it is in my head. And if it's not, then oh, the embarrassment. Scott Parker. Bear with me. Bear with me. I might cut this out because if it makes me look like an idiot, I'm fucking... Scott Parker. Scott Matthew Parker. Yeah. He manages his Premier League club, AFC Bournemouth. I think they'll finish dead last. Scott Parker has a few good ideas. I don't think he's a Premier League 
quality coach, he left Fulham, they got exponentially better, albeit that is with quite a lot of investment. I like the chances of Fulham and Forest a lot more. And I don't think Bournemouth are better than Leeds or Brentford. And so I think if anyone's definitely going down, the only team that I'm completely positive, no matter what happens, is definitely going down is Bournemouth. If that is the hell I shall die on, that is the hell I shall die. So yeah, that's the uh, that's the end of my video on the uh, on the uh, where where the people go and the and the stuff. Um, if you want more content like this, next week's video is it will either be top ten Premier League centre backs because I just want to see how I would format that video. I think that could be quite interesting to talk about, you know, contextualizing data and stuff and all that really interesting facts that the six of you love, or the 70 of you love, if I'm, if I'm talking to the, the widest fan bases here. Or what's the other thing? My prediction for the team of the year next season. I was working on that today. I think it's really hard. Um, it's like, what are you predicting? Because I, I fundamentally, I think Trent is, especially in that Liverpool system, I think Trent is a bit of a better player to have than Rhys James, just slightly. I think he's more of a crutch. I think they rely on him more, albeit I think Chelsea rely on Rhys James as well. I also, I also, I've called, I've said that Trent has a mentality of a street rat. I just, I kind of like Trent. I think, I think ultimately he will be better next season. But I think if a team of the season is made and they both play exactly how they played last season, but Rhys James plays the whole season, I think because people like narratives and they like a new player getting the award and stuff like that, I think Rhys James will go in teams of the year. I also think Cancelo is going to go back to playing on the right because Pep's evolving system. Hopefully I can talk about that next season. And I think that will make him slightly worse. Next season, next video. So yeah, I'll elaborate a little bit on Pep stuff and uh, tell you about who I think will be the best next year. So, yeah, thank you guys very much. Love you lots. Um, speak, speak soon and, and in, in but a week. Uh, I shall feel your warm embrace. God, it's hot. <laughs>